Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is writer, director, producer, Sasha Collington, and we're talking about her brand new movie, which I absolutely loved. It's called Love Type D. Welcome to the show, Sasha. Well, thanks very much. I'm really pleased to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I know it's very late where you are in England, so I appreciate you uh, being on the show today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Great. So let's talk about this movie. I I, I just thought it, the concept was just so unique and so different and um and and it's just really well done too and i i, I absolutely loved it so our uh, audience our listening audience knows what this film is about can you give a brief synopsis of what love type d is all about yeah sure so it's about this woman who gets dumped for the 12th time in a row and this 12th time is actually by a relative of her boyfriend's so not even in person getting broken up with and then she kind of feels like why does this keep happening to me it's really strange and she actually learns that she has a loser in love gene so in the film a fifth of the population so it would be a fifth of the audience (laughs) have this gene and if you have it it means that all your relationships will inevitably end badly and there's the dump e and they dumped (laughs) how did you come up with the idea for this because it's just again it's very unique and very fun oh thanks i think i'm quite interested in the whole you know nature nurture idea and i think sometimes you know in life it can feel you know that you have a string of bad luck and so you know and and sometimes it can feel like no matter how hard you try or what you do things just keep going wrong and so I just thought well what if you found out that there was actually an underlying reason for this that what seemed like a string of bad coincidences in your life was actually like symptomatic of something bigger and so yeah I think I'm not sure exactly how (laughs) the premise came about but it was through that sort of line of thinking. Well, I mean, I think so many people can relate to this, you know, who have certainly have been um, on both sides, you know, who have done the mm-hmm. dumping and, and and been dumped definitely along the way. So the young boy, let's talk about him because he is amazing. And, and tell me his name, uh, the young actor who plays him, because he's just he's just so cute and adorable and fun in this film and, and, and perfect, really just perfect in this role. Tell us a little bit about him and why you decided to use a young boy. As as the deliverer of the news, I guess we could call him. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad that you liked his character. So he's the younger brother of the main character's ex boyfriend. So he's the one that's sent to deliver the news, and he's um, 11, almost 12. And so he's quite. A, I really had fun uh, writing his character because he's very he's a very intelligent little boy, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really understand anything about emotions yet. So he's quite sort of factual. Uh, so you know when he's sent to do this errand of of basically ending this relationship on behalf of his 25-year-old older brother, you know, it's just like an, on a list of things to do, you know, like pick up dry cleaning, you know, end relationship with brother's girlfriend. And he, you know, he, he thinks that it will be somewhat simple to execute. And so, yeah, he was very fun. And and the actor we got to play him was this um, 12-year-old uh, boy um, who was quite hard to find, actually, because he has a ton of dialogue. So it was the last, one of the last people I saw and I saw a self-tape where he introduced himself and he introduced himself before he even did the dialogue of the scene his introduction where he just you know said 
hello, this is me, I, my name is. It was so funny that I immediately felt, oh, this boy <laughs> um, is amusing. <laughs> well, he, he is definitely amusing. So he did that in his audition tape just by his introduction. That's really amazing. He's going to have an, an interesting long career if uh, if he mm-hmm. decides to continue in this business. But he, he's a central part to this role, I mean, to the movie, obviously. But I love talking about casting um, when I do this show because I always think that's such an, a fascinating process in itself. And I always hear it's usually like the la- one of the last people I saw that finally just clicked and I knew he was the person for the film. And, you know, he, as I said, he embodies this character to a T. Is he like that in person? There are aspects, I think. He's very intelligent and also very diligent. So I would make script changes very late in the day, let's say, for the average 11-year-old boy <laughs> to relearn, you know, entire scenes. And he would come the next morning with his script in his little folder, you know, with everything prepared, all the new lines learned. So I think there are aspects. Probably Wilbur, I would say, is a lot more exaggerated version. But I think, um, especially at that age, you know, he's a bit older now. As happens with child actors, the tragedy is that they grow up. Yes. Um, You want them to stay that age forever because they're so perfect at a certain age for a certain part. And we actually shot the film in stages. So he was aging while we were still shooting, which was obviously much to my dismay because I was really worried in case his voice broke. Uh, during the shooting because we shot it over a period of a couple of years oh, really? but he's meant to, it's meant to happen in a couple of you know weeks or months right right so mm. what is his name so our audience knows the young actor's name oh yeah so his name is Rory Stroud right. the little actor who, play, who plays uh, Wilbur so you filmed this over two years. Let's talk about that. I haven't heard that very often that the actual I mean I know that getting a film uh, ready for production, can take quite a bit of time, but as far as uh, filming it over two years. So talk about that process and why you did it that way. Yeah, so it was actually really connected with the finance that, you know, kind of raised money in stages. So it wasn't sort of, uh, uh, let's say, a creative (laughs) decision to shoot it that way. And I did worry because, you know, I was thinking of that film Boyhood, you know, when he grows up on camera and I and I felt oh no I'm making this but like <laughs> ac- you know accidentally <laughs> where it's not serving the plot right that is funny so uh, let's talk about the whole cast the, uh, the young woman um what and, and tell us her name too who plays the the dumped <laughs> ex-lover uh what is her name yeah so the lead role is played by uh, an Australian actress called Maeve Dermody Maeve and she's yeah really um yeah she's really fantastic and I I definitely yeah once I again it was late in the day um uh, but I had seen her in a film previously um and so I remembered her at, when I was having problems casting the role and then I thought of her and I thought that I found her so funny um and you know kind of in a sort of unpredictable way like her delivery was always very unique and and you didn't expect her to say things in a certain way yeah so that's how she we sort of I sort of contacted her agent in the middle of the night like one of those (laughs) 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 moments where you feel oh the right actress must be out there and then um yeah it turned out to be her 
And she is. She's she is very good in this role and very quirky. And you know, um, yeah, she, she does. She she is very very good and and, uh, and just a joy to watch. This whole cast. And then so let's talk about the her love interest in this film. What's his name and how did you end up casting him? Yeah. So her love interest, who's the one who sends his younger brother to break this bad news about the relationship, um, is played by Oliver Farnworth, um, and and he's a British actor and. Uh, uh, so he was in the stage version of The Girl on the Train. Oh, yeah. okay. That, yeah, when it played here. And yeah, so he... I wanted somebody who... I mean, it's it's difficult, obviously, because right at the beginning, he makes this decision to send his younger brother, uh, which obviously isn't, you know, the nicest uh, way to break up with somebody. It's obviously quite a difficult thing to do in the best of circumstances. Uh, so, but I wanted somebody that, you know, felt like, you know, could play that. But at the same time, you needed to feel like you understood why she uh, really loved him. And so it was, you know, it's a balance for that actor. And I think he got it, you know, spot on. He did. He did. It, it, yeah. So where did you come up with the idea? idea of the what the elephant pheromones is that what we <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We have is that something pheromones. that came out of real life <laughs> or, or yeah, exactly. it's a documentary of my life basically it's been mislabeled in terms of the genre um so i'm i'm yeah i'm, I'm very interested in science because you know the science theme does run through it you know yeah so i was thinking about sort of the whole nature of attraction and um, pheromones, um, the fact that, yeah, so, so there are a lot of scientific things in there, but obviously there's a balance where you want it to be fun and funny. And so it's kind of, you know, I take, I do a lot of research and then I throw half of it out <laughs> when I wrote the scene in order to try and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. That is a fun scene. I mean, well, several of those that concern um, the elephant pheromones are rather fun, for sure. Oh, thanks. You wrote it, you directed it, you produced it. Which hat do you prefer out of those three? I think probably out of the three, uh, definitely directing, just because, you know, writing's a bit solitary. As, as, as great as it is, you know, to kind of you know, bring something to the page, I think that, yeah, that, that it's a solitary activity. In, unless you're working, you know, in a writer's room, I think, which would must be great when you've got all these other people, all these amazing minds uh, to kind of bounce off from. But, uh, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think the directing is, is nice because you really, you know, you have so many kind of collaborators that you're working with. And that's, I think, you know, what it's all about, really. Mm-hmm. Did you, you said you, with, um, you wrote, rewrote some scenes with the, um, with the young man in the film. Did you write, rewrite a lot of scenes as you were directing it? Yeah, I think I was constantly tweaking the dialogue and, um, and, and changing things as I, as I went along, you know, with the script, just trying to enhance it or improve it. And, you know, sometimes I'd feel like, well, I haven't quite cracked a scene. And then I would have the idea, oh, that's what it should be. So, yeah, I was sort of adapting. It. And then, you know, in rehearsals, we would improv the scene and, I, and we'd do the dialogue. And then sometimes if I didn't feel the dialogue totally worked, I would tweak things, you know, following the rehearsals just to kind of, you know, if any jokes weren't landing, I'd try and replace them. And, and so that was the benefit, I guess, of, of, of being both roles. <laughs> 
See, I was going to ask you. So during that um, improv, because I know a lot of I know a lot of uh, directors do the improv, you know, to see what the actors might come up with too. Did you? Was there anything that came out of that that some of the actors contributed that you felt um, that's really good? Let's change that to fit that. Did that happen often? Definitely, yeah. So, for example, um, uh, the main character's kind of boy, her Frankie, who's called Frankie, her her boyfriend who sends the brother, who's called Thomas, so his various characters piling on top of each other. Um, but anyway, his new girlfriend, I hadn't really decided what her profession was. And then uh, we did an improv with, uh, with the 11-year-old boy who was playing Wilbur, Rory Stroud, and then in an improv, he said that she was an astronaut. And I found it so funny, the idea that she's, that of all the, you know, new girlfriends he could get, it would be this gorgeous astronaut. But yeah, that, that actually got stuck in the film. We did a photo shoot with her in the space suit. And, you know, it became part of the narrative. Um, yeah, so there are definitely instances like that, you know, where someone says something, some off-the-cuff remark, and it just... You know, it gives you an idea and it kind of fits. Well, it is interesting to choose being an astronaut as her profession. No, no question about that. So, and that just added to the the whimsy of the film, actually, too. So, what what was the most difficult part for you when you were filming this? You said you did this over a couple of years. So, talk about that and that process too, because that is unusual. Um, and certainly, putting it together and editing it at the end. So talk about that process and what was the most difficult part of of making this movie. I think the longevity of it. I mean, there were two sides to that coin. Because on the one side, you know, it's just retaining enthusiasm for a project that's going on a long time, I think, is challenging. And also that you sort of evolve and change as a person, you know, over time, or, you know, you hope that you do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, the me that thought of the original idea it's not the me that was sitting in the edit because by that point, you know, development plus the two years of shooting plus, you know, some of the editing, you know, I changed. And so therefore actually there was also a benefit to that in the fact that, you know, by that point, I think I had new ideas that we integrated into things. And so, yeah, so so, so there's a plus and a minus to it being such a long process <laughs> but I think the biggest challenge was yeah retaining some I think I read a quote from a famous director that they said that you that you know on set to remind yourself uh, you know about what the, re- the movie is really about and it's and I thought it's a really good quote because actually in the midst of all the chaos because sometimes things are going wrong or you know that's there's so many things that can go wrong in a film set I think it's like standing back and like reminding yourself yeah about the story and what it, you know the what it's really about is is kind of this key piece of advice um that i thought yeah that's really useful well that's good you know because you're right i hadn't even thought about the fact that you might begin over that long period of time beginning to lose what you had set out to do and and again as you also said you know it evolves and changed over the period of time also you have a great supporting cast i love the the whole all of them all of the uh dumpies uh that work with uh you know that are part of this process this process that everybody's going through so talk a bit about that and casting and because you you did you chose some really fun quirky characters 
Oh, thanks. Well, so in the world of the film, there's essentially these two categories of people. So there's people who end all their relationships and people then who have this gene and every relationship, they basically end up heartbroken. So when we, when I was doing the casting, you know, we had, you know, wanted to have a range of people because I think, you know, with regard to like people's, you know, kind of behaviour and romance, it isn't indicative of other areas of their life. Like you can have people who are very successful in every other aspect and then, you know, um, you know, romances go wrong. And so I think I wanted to make sure that, that we had like a spectrum of like different people and different experiences, but who all had this one thing in common, you know, um, so like casting them was really fun. And as an ensemble, um, they worked well together because they are almost like, there are many characters, but also one cat. They also act as one character almost in the film as like a supporting sort of chorus. Right. <laughs> yes. Say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I think it was, you know, we looked at people doing comedy, doing stand up, and we lo- we looked at a range of people to find those actors to play those kind of supporting roles of like, you know, particularly around the characters who were also so in the film. If you have this gene, you're type D. So the people that were type D, you know, I, we really like looked very hard to find the right people and who would all have a different experience so some people have been like left at the altar other people had like different other stories of like you know um you know romances gone gone wrong again you know really good casting on this i mean this film is just fun all the way through it's just um i see a lot of films as you know uh and uh some stand out more than others and this one particularly did and i know for the audience who i know of a lot of us during the pandemic all we wanted was something light i heard i've heard this over and over again i didn't want anything heavy i didn't want anything too dramatic Our, the world was pretty dramatic as it was and we were all looking for something light to watch and this movie definitely is that kind of film where it's just fun and I, well, f- of course i love anything to do with Eng- england and english films i'm just <laughs> you give me an english film any day of the week and i'm there because i just feel that yeah i just always there's always a different sen- sensibility um, that I enjoy very, very much with that. What, um, for you, is this your first film that you've directed? Yeah, that's correct. Like, first feature, yeah. Wow, you did a fabulous job for your first oh, feature. You. Yeah. And, and is it the first one you've written also? Yeah, first, like, full length, yeah. Wow. So, what are, are you working on something else right now? Yeah, I'm working on different ideas, but, like, episodic, because, you know, now... I don't know about you, but I find myself watching so many series. And so, yeah, I started to think of ideas, started to work on ideas, yeah, that are series-based, but kind of also have, um, you know, comedies, but also have, like, an absurd element to them, a bit like this, or a scientific element, uh, but but very different. Well, the way you like to come... um combine science and comedy i find that interesting so tell me a little bit more about that what what is it about science and comedy that you feel go to hand in hand because usually that's not two um genres you'd put together i don't know i think it's just um i think there are just so many interesting themes in there and i suppose that's the thing is that you're 
is that, you know, when you're writing, you're looking for interesting thematics. And so, you know, when I, what, yeah, I was thinking about like, you know, kind of nature, nurture, and, you know, what makes you who you are and what dictates your behavior. And also to what degree do you have control? Because sometimes, you know, it, it can feel that things happen to you and other times, you know, it can feel that, oh, you reflect and you see, oh, actually, your own actions have this degree of consequence. And so I think it's, I think it's thematics like that. So it's, it's, I'd say it's light on the science. <laughs> you know, it's, it isn't an educational. Right. No, no. <laughs> In fact, you know, um, but I have done my research um, into, into the scientific aspect. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's to do with themes um, that, that I find very interesting, that themes that relate to sort of being being human and and the difficulties of being human that are innate in some of these scientific discoveries and topics. Very fascinating. I, you know, I've come up with this theory lately uh, that I've started talking about. I go, life is like Legos. When you look at life, they all start to fit together. And you go, if I hadn't done this, this wouldn't have happened. Or if I had taken that road, th- this other thing wouldn't have happened. And so when you start to look back at your life, even daily, you, you know, you go at the end of the day and go, okay, so what, you know, what transpired today that led me in this other direction that I was not intending to go into this today? So it's kind of what you're doing with your film is sort of the same way. You know, it's like all these little pieces start to fit together. And and uh, and making those decisions, uh, as all of us have to make daily decisions about what direction to go in, and, and and just like, okay, what road do I go down today? You know, maybe if I hadn't taken that particular road, um, maybe I wouldn't have seen that accident that took place, or whatever it may be. You know, so it's kind of fascinating. So um, episodic, you said you're going to kind of do something episodic uh, next can you talk you're just are you just right now in the creative process of creating the idea or are you further along in that process I'm quite early so I'm just yeah kind of in the creative process of like working out like a few different ideas that are kind of I say melded genres so you know comedy being one of each (laughs) each pairing and then with you know um there's one sort of murder mystery satire Ah. um yeah, and then um, a couple others. Yeah, so you're kind of within the, the, the writing stage. It's so fun. I mean, I, I love the creative process, so it's so fun to be allow your imagination to go and create however whatever you are feeling or seeing in that moment in time. Who, as a director, um, who, what director do you feel inspires you the most? That's always such a difficult question because there's so many great directors and filmmakers, aren't there? Yes, so it's there always are. Like, you know, it's always difficult to say. I mean, I'm a child of the 80s. And so, so much, so kind of those like high concept 80s comedies really influenced me, like, you know, Groundhog Day and Ivan Reitman, and then also Big. And I think those, in terms of comedy, those directors, I can't, now the name eludes me of the director of Big. I know it was a woman. For what movie? For the movie Big. Oh, Big. Oh, I think it was yeah. Penny Marshall. I think it was Penny Marshall, yes, wasn't it? That's yeah, that's right. Penny Marshall, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, those films, I just feel that they, had so many elements they were so well done you know so well directed in terms of that they just they just said something really profound I think about life but they were funny and they were meaningful and I think you know I think that's kind of what had the biggest impact on me that you know I really like the high concept you know but I think with high concept it's really hard to execute and and, you know it's so much to do with the director and I think with those films they're just for me they're, they're just perfect you know they're so perfect and 
And, you know, at the end, you really feel that you've been on a journey and, mm-hmm. you know, you've, as well as it being funny, it's also been something that meant something and sort of gave you a bit of a life lesson, but not in a didactic, you know, sort of overbearing way. Just did that nice sort of you know, gentle life lesson of like, <laughs> you know, slight self-improvement that those, you know, really good 80s, mo- 80s comedies had. Yes, they did. Well, uh, our time is up. Where, Sasha, where can people um, find Love Type D? Where can they watch yeah, it? So it's, going, it's going to be on, on VOD. I know it's going to be on Amazon and also on Apple and like a variety of other platforms. Wonderful. Everybody search out Love Type D. You, you'll just have a good, fun evening and it's enjoyable. And almost every the whole family can watch this film. There's nothing in there that would take away. So I thank you, Sasha, so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here today. Oh, thank you. I've had a great time. Me too. Me too. If you have missed any of the jam. Price shows all about movies. You can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Play, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube. We're everywhere. Your smart TV, anywhere that you uh, listen to your podcast, you'll find the show, The Jam Price Show, all about movies. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.